Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Get your popcorn ready. It's game time, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a team that is known as Stoppers. Stoppers. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Every single play, go take it. Bring that juice. Let's go get it. Come on. Chicago's best Bears coverage. Go Bears. Go Bears. From NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Hogue. The Bears angst in general. Everybody's like angry about it, I feel like. Just relax. And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. This is just how it is. It's a range of emotions. It's a range of feelings and hot takes. Here they are. Fiery, feisty, and frequently ill-tempered. The Adams, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in. Hogan Johns back with you. Rested up from vacation. Hopefully, Adam Johns. I feel like I'm resting from vacation, if that makes sense. That happens, yeah. Some late nights, some alcoholic beverages, some beaching. Is that a a word, beaching? Some time at the beach? It is now. A little golf that got me sore. Yeah, resting from vacation. That's where we're at. Okay, good. Well, uh, you'll have to rest through this podcast. As we as we get back at it, we'll have uh, back to two episodes this week as we get closer and closer to training camp, supposedly starting soon. We'll see if the NFL and NFLPA can kind of work through everything. But we are back, and we'll have two episodes for you. It is almost football season, we hope. Adam Hogue, Adam Johns here with you. And Kevin Fishbane is back, too, in this one as we will go over the survey results that we discussed in last week's podcast. Hey, Kevin. Hey, boys. I was just about to get my violin for Adam Johns' aches and pains from his vacation. Yes. You mean your first time golfing. This is it was my first time golfing since the pandemic, so let that be noted. First time. You know, you can leave you a little sore there, Kevin, if you haven't swung a golf club in a while. Just saying. How many holes did you play? I, I, we played 36. Okay. So yeah, that's try one, try 100 as I did a couple weekends ago. Then you can oh. talk to me about aches and pains. <laughs> okay. See, actually you're, you agree with me. Then, then you know I do what? agree with you. Yes. You haven't so, swung in a while. The right shoulder's a little stiff. Oh, I wasn't disagreeing with the potential sore. Kevin doesn't golf. Kevin doesn't. Uh, Let's just I, start I've, out there. Kevin I've doesn't golfed, golf. I've golfed 11 holes in the pandemic. Wow. Got 11. Through, got through 11. And then my friend and I are like, all right, we've done enough. So that just confirms Kevin is not a golfer. Not very uh, good. Welcome. What we do need to find out is, John, did you really shut down Twitter while you were gone? I did. I did. Um, I got back on it a little bit when I got back on, on Friday. See what was happening. There'll be occasional searches out there that may lead me to Twitter, but yeah, it felt good. I, my, my percentage on my iPhone was down. My screen time was down 34% over last week. So... I think that's Twitter. I think my son stole my phone a few times to watch some stuff on YouTube that jacked it up a bit. But yes, down 34%. That is a W for Adam on vacation. If only our coronavirus response was down that much, that'd be nice. Anyway, welcome in. We're back. We're going to be talking some football here. There is some news to get to, some training camp stuff, and uh, and, and how it affects the Bears. I've actually find this stuff very, very interesting. You can follow us on Twitter, at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns. J-A-H-N-S and Kevin Fishbane at K Fishbane. 
Read those guys at The Athletic, theathletic.com, The Athletic app. Kind of getting a full swing here. There's plenty to be reading about, about all sports there at The Athletic. That's also where you get this podcast. Please rate and review the pod. We appreciate those of you who have stuck with us during the pandemic, and uh, hopefully we'll have some real football to talk to you about very, very, very soon. You can read me at NBCSportsChicago.com. Plenty of football stuff coming if you are interested in Baseball starting, plenty of content there for you as well at NBCSportsChicago.com. Um, so here's where things stand right now as we record this podcast, guys. The NFL and NFL Players Association is trying to sort of at the last minute put things together to have a health plan, to have uh, a football plan even. How many preseason games are going to be played? How our practices going to be structured. This is going to be a very, very different training camp slash preseason coming up here. And not, not all of it's finalized, even though some teams have rookies in the building. Today, as we've, we're recording this, we're seeing Bears rookies finally signing their contracts because they're in Chicago. Um, and so all this is going to get going here. But it, this isn't going to be like normal where the players show up in Bourbonnet. First of all, there is no Bourbonnet, but they're not showing up, uh, going through their conditioning test, and then getting on the field the next day in an unpadded practice with padded practices starting by Saturday. That is not going to be the case here. Because there was no off-season program, it was all done virtually, this sounds like, and not all this has been finalized, but it sounds like these players are going to go through potentially up to two weeks of just conditioning time, light workouts, meetings, essentially kind of what you see at the beginning of the off-season program before OTAs even start. Then they'll have non-padded practices. Then finally they'll put on the pads. We're talking mid to late August. Who knows how many preseason games get played? I think right now one is the max. It could potentially be zero. And I, this is going to be really interesting to see what it looks like week one. Uh, assuming everyone stays healthy. You know, a common column that you see at this time of year, really for all sports, is like winners and losers. So, like, you look at the winners and losers of the offseason, off like who's really taken advantage or who's really benefited from situations and circumstances. To me, Mitch Trubisky is such a winner in all this. Like, that, it may sound strange to say, but this is a guy who has remained in the Chicago area who has worked out – significantly with uh, with a lot of his teammates some of his his number one his number two wide receivers his running backs his center Cody Whitehair has been there and in terms of this competition with Nick Foles he's not here he's just getting here Mitch Trubisky is the winner in in the perhaps the strangest NFL offseason heading into this probably the strangest NFL training camp and I don't see it any other way Right now, if we're talking about competitions and certain players heading into this camp. Yeah, I think that, you know, Johnsy's right. And we, you know, I think it's important to note that without getting to watch practices in May and June, and all we have is the Zoom conversations we've had with players, the social media videos we've seen from the workouts that, that Trubisky's had and some other guys have done. That's it. So, you know, like, what else are we supposed to evaluate? And based on all that, we, we know where Mitch is at mentally based on his conversation with us. We know where he's at physically from talk 
talking to guys who have thrown with him, talking to him, seeing the videos. And I, I think it's important to note, obviously Nick Foles is doing everything in his power to physically get ready. I'm sure he's having throwing sessions. He's doing what he needs to do. Um, but there is that edge and there's just less time for Nick Foles to take over. Now, I do wonder though, guys, what if like the, by the third day, this coaching staff who is super familiar with Nick Foles is like, all right, we've seen enough. Like it is that that still is possible, but I do agree with you, John. that I do think that this works in Trubisky's favor. I I find it very interesting, if not encouraging, for Trubisky that we we've seen. Now I was off Twitter last week, so we we have the Anthony Miller highlight re, highlight reel from the off season. We had the David Montgomery highlight reel from the off season, and in both of those videos, there's a lot of Trubisky in those videos. These are not. Trubisky produced highlight reels. These are highlight reels produced for the running back and the receiver. But in both of them, their quarterback is prominently featured. It's it's more than interesting to me. It, it's it's the connection. Yeah, you can shrug it off and be like, well, who else are they going to throw with? But you know, you don't have to include them uh, the way that they are. It's just to sign a chemistry. And again, in the strangest off season, heading into the strangest training camp. I don't think those things whatsoever should be written off. The teams that are successful this year are going to be the teams that I think are well-run from a coaching staff perspective, the teams that had the buy-in from their players in the offseason. Because, you know, the other team I cover, the White Sox right now, I honestly got to have been blown away by how quickly – Yes, Johns. Wait, when did you start covering the White Sox? You covered baseball? Know. A couple weeks ago, I think. Okay. Actually, I, uh, in March, two days before baseball went away. Did they play a game, a couple games in the city recently? I'm not sure. I haven't. They did. They, uh, they, uh, they pretty soundly beat your Cubs twice. Oh, okay. So. Sox are back. I think yeah. they win the BP Crosstown Cup or whatever that's called. <laughs> for fake Still, games. But go on, fake game. Yeah, yeah. No, but my point is, my point is, last night, I'm at the ballpark, and I saw a guy named Yoan Moncada, who two weeks ago was diagnosed with COVID-19, stepping in a batter's box uh, and lace a line RBI single, look like a guy who it was like a July any other year, and look outstanding at third base on four separate plays. The point is, he clearly had been putting in the work all during the pandemic to show up not only late, but after getting the virus, missing all of this abbreviated summer camp, and is going to be in the lineup Friday when the season starts against the Twins. So the question is, with the Bears, what has been the buy-in? These are answers we don't know right now, but I suspect because of the same conversations we had last year about how Matt Nagy did not lose this team. Yes, there were... Issues with the coaching staff. Yes, there's plenty of blame to go around. But one of the things that we all agree on on this podcast is that he never lost that locker room. He never lost the buy-in. And I felt like this offseason, you know, it's hard to tell before the pandemic, but even during whatever you can take away from Zoom calls, whatever social media videos we can see, you know, on Instagram, whatever, it seems like the buy-in has been there. So I would trust a team right now like the Bears to be able to put this get together on the fly. Not sure I feel the same way about the Jacksonville Jaguars, which 
appear to have a lame duck coaching staff. You know what I mean? Like what's or what about the Carolina Panthers? Brand new coach, brand new coordinators, like a ton of new players. Yeah. Starting, like, like they're starting all over. No, it's a great point. And I think what's the buy-in still in Detroit with the Lions, like within the own division, within the Bears' own division? Like these are the questions, but still, like, like John, as you brought up, I think there's still winners and losers within the team. And I, I think the losers can be identified as the rookies. Like we yeah. all identified Jalen Johnson as a guy who we thought would start week one. Can he still do that if he only gets like 20 practices and only half of those are in pads? Can he do that by week one? That's tough. Maybe not by week one. Week two, week four. You're going to count on Jalen Johnson at some point. And I say this knowing that the Bears are high on your, your Trey Robersons and your Kevin Tollivers, but they're only so high on those guys. Like Jalen Johnson was the 50th overall pick. A guy who had first-round potential were it not for... Uh, certain injury concerns like he, he is a talented talented player he in, in some respect doesn't he doesn't belong in the same conversation as, as those other guys because his expectation level is, is vastly higher so while the, the rookies are losers <laughs> we're not calling them losers we're just saying just i can't wait until you walk up to arlington hambright lachavia simmons and tell them they're losers oh, yes you guys are losers this offseason but no uh, uh, correction you won't be able to walk up to them over Zoom. Correct, over correct. Zoom. Over Zoom. Well, if I keep a six feet distance, okay, over Zoom, yes, over yeah. Zoom. So, but you know what I'm saying, just in terms of the, the concept of the winning winners and losers column. Uh, the, the counterpoint to, to the youngsters is, you know, everybody's criticizing the Bears for having an older roster. I, I think it's actually a benefit right now to have your Danny Trevathans, like true professionals, your Allen, Robertson, Allen Robinsons. You're a key mix. Guys who are maybe older, but they're professional players. They have something to prove still. Uh, there's some, like like a Cleo Mack. Like, what does he have left to prove other than to, to be one of the elite players again? But but by all accounts and purposes, everything we're hearing is the guy is, is fired up about this year because of how last year played out. So like uh, Khalil Mack, by the way, proved two years ago that he could just walk on the field week one and be yes, fine. Yes, exactly. So. <laughs> yes, like who needs the offense on a different team with a new defense? Yes. So you have all these veterans, and I think it's a benefit actually because they know how to take care of themselves. They know the system. They know what's expected of them during times like this. So maybe that works out for the Bears. I think the same is true for a lot of other teams. But just looking at the, the concerns for the Bears, I, I don't think motivation during the offseason has been won for the Bears during the pandemic. Now, I, I think that's a great point. And how often do we talk about rookies and second-year guys, the importance of this offseason of being in an NFL strength program? So I do think you're going to, you know, how much does this impact the possibility of that second-year bump for a Dave Montgomery or Riley Ridley? You know, again, you're counting on those guys to work on their own the way they would in the building. Um, but you're right. I think the fact, you know, I don't know how many times I wrote about a different player in the spring, you know, thinking like, if you're Akeem Hicks, you're probably okay with the fact that there's no OTAs in minicamp. You probably don't really mind it. You're Buster Screen. You know, you're, you've done this for a long time to, to Sean Gibson. Yeah, you would love to get with your guys and understand the playbook. But I think for a lot of players who've been in the league for four or five plus years, um, you know, quarterbacks notwithstanding, 
you're okay not getting those extra practices in because you know how to get your body ready for the for the regular season. So I, I think that, that, that you're right. Because if you look through all the rookies, I know we're going to talk about this in a little bit, but Cole Komet and Jalen Johnson, not only the only two guys that I think you can realistically talk about as day one contributors, they're really the only two that make the two deep right now. Because, you know, Travis Gibson, if he's not, like, rearing to go as your number three, you have Barkevius Mingo. You have Isaiah. You have other guys. So they're not, gonna, they're not counting on nearly as many rookies um, to step in right away and play a factor as some of these other teams are. Well, Travis Gibson would be one of the players that I, again, which I not to be mean, call a loser in this situation because <laughs> I feel bad for bringing up this concept now, but continue <laughs> yeah. calling. It's probably not I'll pick a loser. Go ahead. Right. Uh, after I've talked him up in some breakdown videos, I do like him still as a prospect, but he's, he's making, not only is he making a jump as a fifth round pick from, uh, you know, college to the NFL, but he's also switching positions. He's more of a five technique at Tulsa. Now he's going to be an outside linebacker. Hasn't been able to get on the field yet with the bears. You know, that stuff matters. Uh, going through training camp and getting all those one-on-one reps in pads against NFL offensive linemen when you're doing that matters. When we're talking about this guy not being able to do that until late August, okay, that hurts his chances of playing early. That He could be one of the guys that's inactive. Of course, by the way, with rosters, we may who knows what this is all going to look like uh, with practice squads and expanded rosters and things like that because it may be necessary. But on the flip side, one thing I do like in Cole Komet's case, we heard Matt Nagy talk about, and some of the other coaches talk about back in June, about how these players, they're having these virtual meetings, and Trubisky's getting out there with the players then afterwards and going through some of this stuff like it's like you would do in OTAs when you have the meetings in the mornings, you go out and practice and, and you run through this stuff. Well, we've seen in videos that Cole Komet's been part of that. And he's a local kid. He's been around here. So at least he has been out there on a field running through the Bears' actual playbook with the guy who, in my opinion, and I've been saying this all along, is going to start week one at quarterback. I, I, I think Cole Komet is one of the exceptions Here's somebody who could still contribute early and be out there on the field uh, against the Lions in week one. Plus, this time of year, Cole Komet's usually playing baseball. So, you know, this is still, as you said, like this is just, it, this was going to be different for him no matter what. So it, he probably got a boost from what he would be normally doing from in terms of getting into football shape. They get to just be here and just focus on that. Not that the White Sox couldn't use another bullpen arm, but. They got plenty. He tried setting you up. But you missed. It's okay. No, no. Okay. Anyway, I, I, was, <laughs> I was good for a White Sox bullpen conversation. <laughs> they, I'm always I mean, down to talk socks. Kyle Long's available. There you there go. There you go. There you go. Um, I think part of the conversation too with, with like a Jalen Johnson is he had some health concerns to get through this off season anyway. So like. I don't want to start talking myself into finding every little positive that, that you can, but odds are he wasn't going to be taking part in a lot of the the OTAs and whatnot. He was going to be limited. So maybe that extra rest, maybe that limiting, you know, completely limiting certain wear and tear will be a benefit for him down the road because I do think you're going to need him. Maybe Kevin Tolliver does start week one. 
maybe he does start week two, but uh, Jalen Johnson is going to be needed probably sooner than later once the season really gets going. You know, one thing I do really like, though, guys, is I, I think as much as coaches probably want to get players out there on the field as soon as possible, I think it's really, really, really smart to do this slowly and to have this conditioning breaking type period because you just don't want to see a ton of injuries right away. And, and to at least get these guys from a conditioning standpoint, stretched out, ready to go, do it slowly. I think that'll, that'll really help. One of my biggest concerns was just, it's already the worst part about football, but, players going down with injury uh, has such a big impact on team seasons, play, uh, fans, fantasy teams, everything. Injuries suck. Nobody wants to see it, but they're always there. And the worst thing that could happen this year is not only from the injury standpoint, but a whole bunch of players testing positive for COVID-19 too, which is still a possibility out there. And I just hope that, you know, on that standpoint, uh, they come through with a, with an with a plan that works too. Like we're, you know, I think we're seeing right now with the NBA and their bubble and baseball, they haven't really traveled a whole lot yet, but I, I seems to be working so far. Yeah. You know what else sucks in terms of your, your rant on sucking it is this COVID-19 sucks a, yeah. a whole bunch. And you know, there's going to be a percentage of players that test positive. They may not have symptoms or not. They may not, they may have it right now. And, um, may not even know it. So, you know, you're going to have a few of those guys. I like, like, I look at the NHL and the NBA numbers as positives because you know there's going to be a percentage of guys that have it, right? And to see them so small, I think that's great. I almost wonder if some players or, or players of the, or agents of these players are encouraging their guys to get tested, like, right now to find out so they could come into camp healthy and, and ready to go. Uh, you do have that two week workout window. So, I mean, the NFL is definitely thinking of positive tests that, that are going to be happening, but yeah, we'll, we'll see because, because guys, you do know, you know, like e even weeks into it, someone's going to test positive. That's just the way it's going to be. Absolutely. This gets back to the buy-in conversation I was talking about earlier. Like these players have to buy in to the point that when they're away from the facility, they're t taking care of themselves and not going to bars and that could be a challenge with how big rosters are in football, especially during training camp. You need everybody to buy in. Every single person around that facility, not just the players, but support staff, everybody has all, to be bought in. All it takes is one person. Before you know it, it's two, three, four, and it spreads. So that's why you got to be vigilant and very proactive with these testings and just in terms of who gets in the building every single day, including us. Life is going to be different for us in terms of covering this team. And I th I'm, I'm interested to hear from Matt Nagy next week or whenever we talk to him to see what his message is going to be along those lines because, you know, he's the leader. And it starts with him in terms of the message he's getting across to, for now, 90 players. A majority of them are in their young tw early 20s and telling them, hey, you just have to stay home. Like, you cannot, you, you cannot go out. Um, that, that's, you know, it's going to work. And you would hope considering what these guys just signed up for, they are in the NFL where your career, you know, your, your career lifespan is short. Um, you don't want to, you know, 
go out and you know catch the virus that cost yourself the season or part of a season in a contract year or if you're trying to make the team all those things so you know you'd hope the incentive is there enough but i imagine that that you know matt Nagy's going to have quite the the way of making sure everyone's on the same page well, as we are recording this, the Bears just tweeted, sign sealed, let's get to work rooks. So I don't know if that means all the rookies are signed. Um, I didn't really anticipate a problem this year with getting guys signed like we saw with uh, Roquan Smith a couple years ago, but um, I guess that's a, a, at least a good little little nugget here. The last thing we need are holdouts on top of all this stuff. Um, but yeah. We should mention too, guys, because uh, we had this. Uh, we didn't really know what our situation would be watching these practices whenever they actually do s- start. But we should share with listeners that um, we will be able to watch the competition, the quarterback competition as it unfolds. Specifics still trying to be figured out, but um, you know, I think we're all fearing that like we might not even be able to watch practices. At least reporters will be able to watch practices. Obviously, no fans. Originally, the plan was when the Bears moved from Bourbonnais Lake Forest, they were supposed to, uh, they were hoping to have fans there, and obviously COVID-19 has knocked that out. But there is a safe way, and I've seen this in baseball already with my own eyes, there is a safe way for reporters to be around these practices and games, making sure the players are not exposed to anything and, uh, and we're not exposed either. So um, that is at least one of these positives. And so far, I have felt completely safe doing so in baseball and I think it'll be the same way um at House Hall when these practices do start up soon all right I want to get to the survey results from uh last week we shared a lot of these questions but before we do that speaking of baseball grab your peanuts and popcorn baseball is back that's right the boys will be getting back out on the diamond this week and while we may not be able to join them at the park actually I join them at the park there is plenty of action to be had from the comfort of your home DraftKings, the leader in one day fantasy sports is putting you on the field with a shot to play risk fee risk free for a shot at hundreds of thousands of dollars if you haven't tried it yet fantasy baseball is easy to play just pick 10 players stay under the salary cap and pile up points for hits runs strikeouts and more there's no better way to put your baseball knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at hundreds of thousands of dollars. But if baseball isn't for you, don't worry. DraftKings is offering plenty of fantasy golf action for this weekend's tournament with millions of dollars up for grabs this week. There's no better way to have skin in the game than with DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app now. Use promo code RUN. R-U-N, to get a free shot at a share of the millions of dollars up for grabs this week with your first deposit. That's promo code RUN to get a free shot at a share of millions of dollars with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings, minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And uh, with Adam Johns back on the pod, since you're talking about beaching, you know, we, we got to find out, Johns, because the, the question is, fellas, are you prepared to unveil your summer bod? The beaches are opening. The sun is shining. The bushes must be tamed. Manscaped is here to ensure your post-quarantine body is ready for the wild. 
So, yes, we have we have unveiled the summer bod. The dad bod was out. It was out at the pool. It was out at the beaches in Michigan. And I have to thank Manscaped. I, I used it uh, to, to clean up uh, a little bit. So, so thank you from our friends for Manscaped. Um, an underrated edition of that, that perfect package that Manscaped will, will send you here. And we'll get into the details a little bit is they have this travel bag, Adam, and, and we traveled. So we use this travel bag and it's, it's great. If we were traveling this year on the road, I think I would use it to cover uh, NFL games around the league. So Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full body grooming game. They have forever changed the grooming game with the perfect package 3.0. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with the Essential Lawnmower 3.0. It's a waterproof cordless body trimmer and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine, my friend. By the way, there's some versatility with this stuff. This morning, I used mine to do the back of my neck. Ooh. Very, very easy. So there's some versatility here. And for a limited time, subscribers get two free gifts. That Shed Travel Bag Johns was just talking about. It's a $39 value and the patented high-performance Reduce chafing manscaped boxer briefs. Get 20% off free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code THEATHLETIC20. And for a limited time, subscribers get not one but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, $39 value, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing manscaped boxer briefs. So go to manscaped.com today and use code thethletic 20. All right. Business out of the way. Fun to be had with the survey. Kevin, you and I last week while John's was on vacation, went through a bunch of the questions and uh, you now have the results. Obviously, we're not going to go through all of them. You should go to theathletic.com, find it on the app. You can do so while you're listening to us actually through the app. But uh, what were your big takeaways there, Kevin? Well, I'll start at the top with the quarterback question, and I wonder if this is a testament to people who've been listening to the podcast and are just trying to predict this. Who will be the Bears' starting quarterback in week one? Uh, Mitch Trubisky, 66.9% of the vote to 33.1%. And, Hogue, we talked about this last week, and I kind of alluded to the, the, the results were going in this direction this would have been completely different had we unveiled this poll on March 31st, on April 15th. I really think that the, the as we talked about the top of the top of the show, what this is, pandemic has created is just the increase the likelihood that Mitch Trubisky is the week one starter. I found it interesting that some of them thought he'd be the starter in 2021, 28.4% in, in, in your second question, because I, I I don't feel like the Bears are, are ready to throw in the towel on him, but I feel like a lot of fans already have. Like, that towel was in, it, that towel was washed, that towel was gone, whatever you want to call it. I feel like fans are done with the guy, even though they think he's going to start this year. But to, to see that more than a quarter of the, what, nearly 2,000 people who answered your, your survey think that he's going to start not only this year, but 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 next year too, you know, that that kind of, it shocked me, you know, for a lack of a better way of putting it. Well, that also is the interesting flip, right? That 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 fifty-two point three percent think that Foles will start Week One next year, but you know, only thirty 
3% think he'll start week one this year. So it goes to this idea that Foles was eventually going to take over. Um, what was fun about that one is how many people wrote in other, right? So we had, um, I was not a math major, almost 20% of the vote was for a different quarterback or the Mitch Trubisky, Nick Foles starting next year. And got a lot of Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Trevor Lawrence, and also Cam Newton, Dak Prescott, um, Jacoby Brissett, you know, veteran quarterbacks that are on um, a, you know, in the last year of their contract. So I, I thought that was interesting to see, you know, how many people are going that direction. Now, of course, that is worst case scenario for the franchise, right? Because that means neither Trubisky nor Foles is good enough to start the beginning of the 21-21 season. But seeing that flip of most people don't think Foles will start week one this year, but they all think he, a lot of them think he's going to start week one next year. Well, that kind of backs the uh, the thinking that people are coming around on the idea of Trubisky starting right now because of the pandemic, but they still don't actually have faith in him because if they thought he'd have a good season, then they would say that he would be the starter next year over Nick Foles. So it's probably the right way to look at Foles too, because He's a stopgap option. You may have three years on a contract, guys, and that's maybe all you need to to right the ship here a bit. But like he hasn't been a full sixteen game starter in his career. He he should always be viewed as a stopgap, and and good for fans for you know at least some of the fans for for at least viewing him that that way for this year and next. But that's exactly why even if this poll had been run in March and April, and I think you're right, Kevin, that the Foles probably would have run away with it. But I wouldn't have voted for him. Because I've always viewed him like that. He's the stopgap. Why would you not give Trubisky one more shot here? It's irresponsible not to. And that's why I've always viewed him as the guy that that would start. Now, under normal circumstances, if Trubisky had had a bad training camp and looked awful in preseason games and Foles looked better, well, okay, sure, then you'd probably still start Foles. But... Even back then when we thought there might be a full preseason, I didn't think that that's how it would play out. Now as we look at it now with no preseason games or perhaps maybe one, I, uh, yeah, I just, I, I think it's, especially when you could, the other thing was the schedule. When the schedule came out and you saw the early games, a team that Mitch has owned, the Lions in week one, and then the Giants in there too, those aren't teams that have good pass rushes. It, it, it just, everything this offseason has aligned towards number 10 starting for me. Hence, he's a winner. Nick Foles. Loser. That's not. By nice. the way, speaking of guys really missing out on no preseason, Tyler Bray. That's his time to shine. Anyways, let's get anyway, back. Anyway, next question. <laughs> those three, those three reps he gets. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll skip ahead to the Ryan Pace questions back to back here. The first one was, what has been Ryan Pace's best move as GM? And I think both of these questions are great in terms of what the answer would have been a year ago today. So the options were trading for Khalil Mack, signing Akeem Hicks, signing Allen Robinson, drafting Eddie Jackson, hiring Matt Nagy. A year ago today, it would have been Khalil Mack runaway maybe hiring Matt Nagy would have been number two, right? This year, only 3.9% said hiring Matt Nagy was his best move. 36.5% said the Khalil Mack. 
foul ball, 29.4 for Akeem Hicks. Hogue, you talked last week about how that would have been your pick. I kind of like the Eddie Jackson one. That was 22.3%. You know, it's a draft pick um, in the fourth round. Also some, you know, some luck there. And then 7% St. Al Robinson. So it's amazing to see that pie chart, how much the Khalil Mack one has kind of shrunk based on where the team is at right now. And also some recency bias of, you know, Mack just wasn't as dominant last year as, as everybody expected. I think there was, Kevin, you and I were texting uh, about about this, is there, there was some recency bias, I think, overall, right? Just in terms of, like, favorite players or, or, you know, the Hall of Fame discussion. It just seemed to, there seemed to be some, I don't know, maybe a majority of these people who, who voted were a, a bit on the younger side. That's all I'm trying to get at. Yeah, no, I think you saw that. And we'll, you know, we can jump into the Bears all-time ones, too, but the... The, the the this this goes for this question too, right? Because what has been Pace's worst draft pick? If we did this a year ago, I don't think Mr. Trubisky would have won. He's coming off, you know, his uh, a, a solid season, still a lot of room to grow. But um, they went twelve and four. How could you blame? You know, you can't put too much blame on the quarterback. This year he won it, but not by a lot, because this was a very interesting, um, you know, eye the beholder, right? How do you qualify worst draft pick? We've talked about this before, but it was 41.9% said Mitch Trubisky, 30.5% said Kevin White, 26.2% said Adam Shaheen, and Leonard Floyd got 27 votes for 1.5%. I've said, I've said it's Adam Shaheen. I've said that for a while. And I'll stand I'm with you. And I don't think there's anything that can happen this season that would change my mind on that. Because if they go... Let's 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 be real here. There's a a decent chance neither Mitch Trubisky nor Adam Shaheen is on the team next year, right? Is that safe to right. say? Yeah, possibility. Sure. Yeah. If that happens, you could still look back at their careers, and Mitch Trubisky was a significantly more important contributor to the best season the team had in a decade than Adam Shaheen. I know it's a very you know. Um, uh, way of, it's a way of looking at where you're just kind of looking at that binary. How did he do in their best year? He did fine. And to me, yes, they traded up. Yes, they didn't take Mahomes and Watson. I get all that. But the guy still contributed to your team winning the division in a big way. That's why it's just, it, do you factor in Patrick Mahomes here or not? I mean, that's and the you question. Can. Well, people yeah. are. People but, are. But the funny thing is, even if you do do that, let's say Mitch... And by the way, he actually has made a Pro Bowl. But I was going to say, let's say, let's say Mitch has been a you know a success story so far. He's still not Patrick Mahomes, right? I mean, yeah. it, it, even if if Mitch has through three years been a really good quarterback, you could still make the argument that Pace drafted the wrong one. You'll, because, you'll always be able to have that, yeah. Because Mahomes is, you know, all, probably going to be one of the best players ever. So, I don't know. I, I look at it more in just terms of how the players have worked out so far when we're comparing these four players that were in this question. And I agree with you guys. I think the answer is Adam Shaheen. Because I think when you factor in the injuries with Kevin White, that's a lot of that was fluky. He's had his injuries too. Just in terms of what the Bears have been able to get out of these guys. Like I, they've gotten more out of Adam Shaheen, but I still think he's a bigger disappointment, you know, than Kevin White, just because, man, bad. Just just to keep this moving here, because we're a little short on time, but I, I thought it was interesting. Who deserves most of the blame for 2019? And 
so much of that went to Matt Nagy, 45.4%. But very few people wanted a coaching change too. It was interesting to kind of see those back to back. And the next question, you know, in terms of time for a change, only he only got 13 votes, but um, 40.6% said they're not satisfied. Um, but you're right. I, and and I, I, I think that Nagy deserves a vote for that, for the blame. It was, an, and I admitted in the, in the story, it's an unfair question. You know, I just was curious where fans are at. There was a lot of write-in votes for the offensive line. There were a lot of write-in votes for everybody, all of the above. But every one of those things goes to the head coach. He runs the offense. He's here for the quarterback. He's here to make sure the offensive line meshes with his offense the way he wants. All of those things go to him. So that's why, I, I mean, I understood that that was, that, that he was going to, um, kind of win this one. Um, I didn't know if he was going to win by this much, though. But but I still viewed his at least the question about his job performance as favorable. Even the the forty percent who voted, I'm not satisfied. That doesn't mean yeah you, you, you hate the guy and you want him out of here like Mark Tressman. That just means you want the team to win some more. They went eight and eight. So I think overall, um, I, I I agree with that perception of him he went 12 and 4 his first year he went 8 and 8 his, his second year it wasn't a complete disaster like the, the second year of Mark Tressman and you know I don't know if it's the way to, to look at it but he didn't lose the team he had a lot of injuries quarterback was subpar but hurt too um, I think he should still be viewed as favorably if that makes sense the last thing that I found fascinating was the um, the, the stadium questions this was so split, like evenly, on the answers. Uh, would you rather the Bears build a brand new stadium, even if it was in the suburbs, renovate Soldier Field, make no changes, I'm there to watch football? I mean, it was like split. Uh, all, not perfectly even, but pretty even. Uh, make no changes, I'm there to watch football was the slight favorite. And then if the Bears built a new stadium in the suburbs, would you be more or less likely to go to the games? Again, more likely, less likely, or the same, it's pretty much an even split between all three answers. Yeah, the one note I'll have about the building new stadium renovating, there were, if you look at it the other way, there were, what, 63.7% said they want some kind of change, whether it's renovating or moving, or moving and building a brand new stadium. That's a good um, point. You know, so if you look at it like that, you know, there's a lot of people that want some kind of change. I, I just think that, you know, it's it's interesting, guys, because this year, you know, I, we don't know about fans at games yet. But if you were a Bears fan this year, and you went to the road game in Atlanta, and you went to the road game at SoFi Stadium in LA, and if you were in Tottenham last year, or if you were at some of the other new stadiums that the, that the Bears have played at, and then you go to Soldier Field. I mean, it's hard to not want some kind of massive renovation if you if if being at the stadium, if that stadium experience is important to you. There obviously are people who are really just there to be foot, play football, and and we we did touch on this in the survey. Most of our survey respondents are not people who go to a whole lot of games, so that should kind of be pointed out. But I mean, man, if you spend some time at some of these newer stadiums, and I know it's not that easy and you come to Soldier Field, and they've done a lot of good work, and they've done a lot of new things. The food and beverage areas have all improved. they got the new big screens, but they are lagging way behind the rest of the league. I think there's a very famous, successful movie built on the premise, if you build it, they will come. 
And Mighty Ducks 2. Yes, Mighty Ducks <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, I, I know the McCaskies have an affinity for the the Bears playing on the lakefront and in the city, and you got the historic columns. You saw the voting reflect the history of Soldier Field there as well. But you're right, just where these – Kevin, you wrote about it not too long ago too, the way the, way the, the NFL, really all sports are trending with these modern stadiums, these beautifully designed masterpieces in a sense. Just, again, go to Minneapolis. You can see one right there. I, I – I, the Bears are overdue again for a feel-good new home base to, to play in. They got, you know, Hallis Hall massively renovated. Maybe Soldier Field 5, 10, 15 years from now will be next. Also, I know people really like the location in terms of the, the aesthetics of it. It is, I mean, it's beautiful. You're right there on the lake. You see the skyline. But from a TV perspective, if the Bears played in Arlington Heights, you know that every game would still open with the shot of the skyline in Chicago. And then you'd pan over some gorgeous, brand new, multi-purpose facility. Again, we're talking way in the future of this ever happening. But, you know, it, it was interesting to see how many people were, you know, intrigued by that idea. Right. And there's still ways to host events. Like if that stadium becomes a place where you could potentially host a Super Bowl or a Final Four, like there's still ways to do that. Like, they have those events in Arizona, okay? Well, that stadium's way out in Glendale. They still manage to hold all the week the events from the week in Phoenix or in Scottsdale or wherever to make it, you know, part of a week-long fan-friendly event, even though the stadium is is elsewhere. Um, yeah, so Arlington that, Heights to Chicago versus, like, Manhattan to Florham Park, or not Florham Park, but to uh, the Meadowlands. You know, look at Santa Clara and San Francisco, you know, Foxborough and Boston. You know, they just, this is just the way that new stadiums are these days. This is the way it is. I mean, Minnesota is very fortunate. They were able to build that beautiful stadium right there in the heart of the city. It's why, it's why it was ranked. I think we did it win our poll, Johns, at the Athletic NFL, number one number best one. stadium. In, in the, and I would agree with that. It's incredible and it's right there. But you just, Chicago just does not offer that kind of opportunity for you to have an ideal NFL stadium in that location, which is why if you want to keep it there, you better do some more renovating in the area to, to try to keep up. I would knock down the McCormick place. You personally? Yes. Ugly. Ugly, ugly building. Well, it's the it. old it's, part it's, is. It's all I got. It's all I got. Knock it down. Build something new right there. Right there, right on the lake. I think we have our headline for the podcast. Adam Johns knocking down McCormick place. Knock down McCormick place. You have that land that's right there that's supposed to go to Lucas Museum as well. It's true. Think about it. It's all right there. Okay. <laughs> or you can not build a stadium where there's one road in, one road out. That that's another option. Just pointing that out. Tell that to Foxborough. <laughs> that's well. That that's a, that's another problem there uh, that they have. All right. Anything else we should get to before we get out of here, boys? No. Good to see you guys. We'll see you Thursday. Sports are back, kind of. Yes. Friday, right, Adam? They are. Baseball Open, for real, yes. Opening day. Baseball for real. I'm excited about it. Training camp next week. Not really for real because it sounds like it might just be conditioning for a couple weeks. But, hey, uh, it's the start of something here. There's soccer. There's basketball coming. Hogan and I text about golf every weekend. We do do that. 
and uh, John. He played 11 holes. <laughs> Who does that? Golf rounds are expensive sometimes, Kevin. He got to the 11th hole. My friend, had, you know, he had, to, he had a prior engagement he had to get to, and I didn't really feel like playing the last seven by myself, so we just <laughs> called it a day. Oh, man. Solo golf's great. I mean, yeah. you, always, you always tend to score outstanding when, you, <laughs> yes, when yes. you're golfing by yourself. Yes, yes. As many mulligans as you want. The way <laughs> I was golfing, I might have been out there for the rest of the night, even yeah. by myself. So. so apparently, you've played 11 holes anyway. You play two or three balls, then you always take the best score out of those three. You know, yeah. that's, the, that's the way to do it. All of a sudden, you're golfing 80. All right, we need to get out of here. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Jaws, J-A-H-N-S. Kevin Fishbane, at K Fishbane. Read those guys on The Athletic, theathletic.com. That's where you get the survey we were just talking about, the results. Kevin's write-up that goes with it. Very fun stuff and uh, good content for us in the podcast the last two weeks. Good job, Kevin. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. I just said, I'm just trying to follow your guys' lead. You have now provided more to this podcast uh, in the last two weeks than John's has all year. Wow. <laughs> and I'm this coming, doing and this the fake sign off. The, I'll hit yeah. mute. I don't mean that at all. I don't mean that at all. Johnsy, did any of the listeners tweet at you, by the way? Did you check? Um, I don't know. I'll they check. didn't do their homework, I don't think, Hope. Yeah, we tried to uh, we tried to test whether or not you were actually off Twitter by encouraging our listeners to tweet at you all week. Ah, uh, there's a few tweets. But. Apparently, apparently you actually were. No, so good job. Yeah, I was. Oh yeah, I was gone. Yes. Okay. Good job by you. All right. Read me at NBCSportsChicago.com. Please rate and review the podcast. Appreciate it, John. Obviously, I did not mean that. I love you. I'm glad you're back. And hopefully, we'll be talking football, real football, very, very soon, boys. Our producers, Kent Garrison, he does an outstanding job as well. We'll be back on Thursday. Talk to you then. See ya. All right. I almost did your see ya last week, John Z. I thought about it.